This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. Glad we could be together again. My message is titled, God is Merciful, Part 3. This is a very important message because so many people feel they don't deserve God's help. That is a big problem in our world today. And now obviously with so many major problems to deal with in life, uh, with the financial challenges and uh, the virus challenges, whatever have you, we need to know how to trust God. And so understanding that God is merciful is going to help us believe and rest knowing God will help us. All right, let's begin. Luke 18, verse 35. Then it happened as Jesus was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging and hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, obviously, he had heard about Jesus. He would not have cried out like that had he not heard who he was and that he was healing people. So obviously, he's calling for mercy, knowing that Jesus is merciful. And we'll talk about why he believed that in a moment. Then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, glorifying God and all the people when they saw it, gave praise to God. All the people gave praise to God. Now multitudes are suffering today, but they don't know that God is merciful. They're suffering from many different challenges, many different reasons why people are in need. And some are in desperate need. Blind Bartimaeus realized that Jesus was merciful because he had heard that Jesus healed everybody that went to him for healing. He never turned anybody away and not everybody deserved healing. So Jesus had to be merciful. David knew that God was merciful. That's why he was bold to declare his faith in God's mercy. For 13 years, King Saul and his army tracked young David, hunting him down, trying to kill him, chasing him through the hills, the valleys, the caves, the forests. But God protected David 
because David trusted in God's mercy. Listen to David's prayer in Psalm 138, verse 7. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will preserve me against the anger of my enemies. You will clench your fist against my angry enemies. Your power will save me. Now look very carefully at that. You will protect me against the anger of my enemies and your power will save me. An entire army and the king is chasing him. He's a fugitive of the state because they lied about him. And he says, God will save me. Now the next part of this prayer, verse 8, is just amazing. I've shared this with you several times through the years, but it never ceases to bless me and impress me. Watch what he says. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. God will see to it that God's plan for my life will come to pass. We should say that together. Let's say that right now. So this, God will see to it that God's plan, his plan, will come to pass in my life. If we'll say that, it'll get into our heart and God will be able to make it happen. Many folks are facing challenges in life, like I mentioned last week, where they seem to be stuck in a rut, like a little mouse in the spinning wheel, never going anywhere. The wheel's turning and they just keep running on the same place. Or like a car stuck in the mud, the wheel's spinning and the car doesn't go out of the mud. Many people's lives are like that. They're caught up in the rat race of life and uh, they think there's no hope for them. They'll never get out of their challenge. But when we start declaring, Lord, you will work out your plans for my life because I'm a good person. No, that's not what David said. He said, for your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Because you are merciful and you love me, you'll do this. Say that, because God loves you as much as he loved David. Say this, because God loves me, he will work out his plan for my life. I will move forward. My faith is in God's mercy and his love for me. Praise the Lord. Now, Psalm 23 and verse 6, David says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, you know, it's easy to say that in the good times. Not so easy to say that when you're in a cave and thousands of soldiers are hunting you down and the king's trying to kill you. Not so easy, but he said it nevertheless. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Praise God. Let's do that. Let's say like David did. I don't know what you're facing right now, but your faith in God your faith in his mercy and speaking what God wants you to say will change everything for you. All right?
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in heaven with the Lord forever. Praise God. King Jehoshaphat knew that he should depend on God's mercy. When three great nations came against the small tribe of Judah, the king instructed his army to declare their faith in God's mercy as they marched out to the battlefield to face odds probably a hundred to one. And Jehoshaphat told his army to sing the following words as they marched out to the battlefield. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise God because of his mercy. So King Jehoshaphat was depending on God being merciful to them just simply because they said it. They said it. You see, so often we are caught in a problem, but we don't ever say what God's going to do for us to get us out of the problem. We get into such bondage and fear and concern that we forget about God wanting to help us. We forget about the angels ready to serve us. And we think we have to face the challenge on our own. That's so sad. When the Almighty God sees you, His child, with your need, He's just waiting for you to say something. Numbers 14, 28. As you speak in my hearing, so I will do unto you. God's waiting to hear what you're going to say. And the angels are waiting. Everybody's standing by to deliver you if you can just trust God and his mercy. Mercy opened the eyes for blind Bartimaeus. Mercy conquered the enemies of King Jehoshaphat. As they marched out the battlefield, they found all the enemy soldiers dead. They killed themselves. While they confessing God's mercy, their enemy killed themselves. So, mercy conquered the enemy of King Jehoshaphat. Mercy opened the eyes of blind Bartimaeus. And mercy promoted a fugitive by the name of David to the throne. Promoted a fugitive of the state to the throne to be king. Once we know that God is merciful, we will find ourselves praising God in the middle of the most, most severe circumstances of life, in the middle of the most severe challenges of life. We'll find ourselves praising God because we believe He's merciful. Whatever comes our way, we'll praise God because we trust him to deliver us just because he's merciful. Praise God. He will take care of it. Say this, my God is taking care of this problem 
just because he is merciful. It's not because you are perfect or not perfect. None of us are perfect. There's only one person ever walked the earth who was perfect, and that's Jesus. All the rest of us have made many mistakes, and we've got plenty of faults. And yet God has helped so many of us with all of our faults. <laughs> so, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he doesn't love any one of us more than the other. His mercy extends to everyone who believes he's merciful. That's what I'm trusting God to do here. I believe I'm going to convince your heart that God is merciful. If I can do that, make a huge difference to your life. So he does it for us, not because you are perfect, but because he is merciful. Let's declare our faith in God's mercy together. Let's say this. Say, Jesus keeps me holy. Because he's merciful. Jesus keeps me faithful. Jesus keeps my thoughts pure. Jesus keeps my heart motives pure. Jesus keeps my desires pure. My heart desires. Jesus keeps my heart attitude right. Jesus continually guides me. Jesus continually provides for me. Jesus keeps me healthy. Now, you know, when you confess that, child of God, you are tapping into the grace of God, the power of God, and he is going to work on your behalf. But if you keep his mouth of yours closed, God will not move for you. With all the mercy in the world, he will not help you. I've seen wonderful believers go down, fail, because they don't confess what God's mercy will do for them. They don't put their faith in God's mercy. While they know that God is a God of love, they've, they've preached it probably, or told it, everybody about it, they just don't apply it in their lives. When the trouble comes, they just ignore God's love and mercy. So let's remember God's waiting for our words. Amen? Blind Bartimaeus would have remained blind if he thought he had to earn the right to be healed. Imagine that. Jesus is walking by. And he hears Jesus is walking by and he keeps quiet because he thinks, I haven't earned the right to be healed. He probably thought that. And then he said, hang on a minute. I'm not perfect, but no one else out there is perfect and he healed all of them. Why? He's merciful. I need mercy. David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus. God did it. You see the thought pattern? The blind body mass, realizing it didn't deserve to be healed. So, hey, I'm going to depend on God's mercy just like the others did. Now then, in the same way, 
Many Christians today have failed to receive God's help because they thought they were not good enough. And that's true. We're not good enough. Never will be. But God's merciful. Satan is continually trying to get us to depend on our own resources and our own abilities to deal with the challenges of life. He's trying to get us to depend on our own resources, on our own abilities to deal with the challenges of life. And so when challenges come, people immediately look at themselves and think, well, what can I do about this? The first thing we should think about is, what can God do about this? Since he's merciful, all we have to do is tapping tap into that mercy by saying, Father, you're merciful. You will take care of this for me. I know I'm not perfect, but you are, and you're merciful. Praise his name. He does not want us to know that God is merciful and his mercy endures forever. The devil, that is. He does not want you to know that God is merciful and that his mercy endures forever. 1 Peter 1.13 Rest your hope fully upon the grace that has been brought to you at the knowledge of Jesus Christ. God said, rest your hope fully upon the grace of God that is available to you when you find out about Jesus. Praise God. When you learn about Jesus, when you invite Jesus into your heart, now you've done that, rest your hope fully upon God's mercy for you, his love for you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've done, if you ask God to forgive you, he has. All right. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace. So mercy and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus. So as you hear this message, right, and you're finding out about God's character, God is a God of love and mercy, and hopefully you're beginning to believe that, the Bible says that's the door that opens the grace and the mercy of God to help you in your life. Knowing that, knowing the knowledge of God, so spend some time feeding your faith on good books that teach you how to believe God and trust God, on good messages like this that will teach you how to love God and trust God. If you'll do that, family, your faith will grow steadily and continually, and you'll find yourself stepping out of your prisons, out of your problems, and succeeding in life. You'll look back and be amazed at what God's done in your life and through your life. There's just one warning I'd like to leave you with. 
as I probably am wrapping up this series, this mini-series on God's mercy with this third part. One little warning, and it's very important. James 2, verse 13, New Living Translation. For there will be no mercy for you. There will be no mercy for you if you have not been merciful to others. God is saying, if we don't pass on the mercy that we receive, we're not going to have mercy. It's conditional to us giving it away. In other words, somebody messes up in my life, I have to say, well, you know, hey, I messed up with God how many times? I can't even count. And yet, He still loves me and He's still merciful and He still helps me. So I have to then mess up, I have to be merciful to them and say, okay, fine, I forgive them. See? Now, in some cases, you have to forgive them, but they still have to suffer the consequences of the, of the laws they broke. If they murdered somebody, they still have to go to jail. If they stole something, they still have to return it. And, you know, if they make somebody pregnant, they can apologize and God will forgive them, but the person still pregnant because you reap a harvest for your seed son. I just believe that God's mercy can actually solve all those problems too if you sincerely come to God and trust Him for mercy. He can get you out of prison. He can do all sorts of miracles. He's a wonderful loving God. Alright, well that ends our series on the mercy of God. I trust that your faith God's mercy has grown. So from Pastor Ben and me, we want you to know how much we love you. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and let's invite folks to come to Jesus who don't know Him. Say this with me if you want to give your life to Jesus. Lord Jesus, I know you died on a cruel cross in my place. I know you are punished for my sins so that I can receive forgiveness. I ask you now, please forgive me. Come into my heart, save my life. From today, you are the Lord of my life. And I live for you with all my heart until I see you face to face. Well, if you said that from your heart today, you are born in the family of God, and I'll see you in heaven. We love you all. From Pastor Bev and me, God bless you. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.